Hello and welcome to Think Business Futures. We're coming to you from Tiruciar in Sydney on the Gadigal lands of the Euro Nation. I'm Anthony Dockwell. This program is made possible by the assistance of the UTS Business School. Now, for those with long memories, we remember that there once was a time when Australia had a carbon tax. The result of the division is I-74, no 72. The question is therefore resolved in the affirmative. These bills, as amended, have been agreed to. Today, this House of Representatives moved from words to deeds. It has moved from what has sometimes been a rancorous debate to action. This House of Representatives today, this Parliament today, has seized the future. This Parliament today has grabbed the future with both hands. And that future will be one about clean energy jobs. It will be about a better environment. The tax came into effect in July 2012 and was removed two years later by the Abbott government. If you talk to many people who follow Australian politics, they will tell you a carbon tax is political poison. But it wasn't always like this. 2007, John Howard pledged to introduce a carbon trading scheme and for a while there was bipartisan support for some form of putting a cost on carbon. A recent article in the conversation titled A Carbon Tax Can Have Economic Not Just Environmental Benefits for Australia has raised the idea of reintroducing a carbon tax and its aim is not just to reduce emissions but also tackle some of the major political objections to such a tax. I'm happy to say we have the author of the article here today on the program Mona Mashadi Rajabi is a postdoctoral researcher at UTS Business School. Mona Mashadi Rajabi, welcome to Think Business Futures. Thank you very much. Mona, your recent article in the conversation raised for what is in Australian political terms something that a lot of people would consider to be a dead idea now, namely a carbon tax. We're going to unpack your article and talk about why a carbon tax should be revisited and even reintroduced back into Australia, but why is a carbon tax useful? Um, I mean, is tax a useful way of changing behaviour? Carbon tax is very useful in uh, in our battle against climate change. You know, we are facing a big problem right now, and uh, we have been going through different, um, offering different policies. One of them was um, increasing the energy efficiency of technologies in order to reduce energy consumption. But the experience of past 40 years shows that this policy does not uh, produce the required result that we needed. So uh, the the economics find out that this policy should be accompanied by a market-related policy, uh, a policy that uh, ignites the change in in the behavior of market participants. And carbon tax is the best approach. Uh, economic studies shows that it is the most cost-effective policy in um, reducing carbon emissions in the world. And it must be accompanied uh, by um, investing in renewable technologies to ignite the behavioral change and uh, produce the required results in reducing carbon emissions in the world and reducing the fossil fuel consumption in big industries. So, look, Australia has already had a carbon tax and it was introduced in the second year of the Gillard government. What were some of the major features of the Labor carbon tax? 
So in this study, I uh, didn't compare the Gillard's government with this uh, approach, but um, the main thing that uh, we have been studying was that uh, they have been imposing carbon tax on specific industries. And uh, the main revenue recycling approach was giving back the money to government government payment recipients, not all the workers in the economy. This uh, In this study, we... Um, design a carbon tax based on the most successful uh, countries that has been applying the policy. And um, their experience shows that the policy should the, the, the policy should cover all the industry sectors, all the fossil fuel consumers in the industry sector uh, to have a best positive economic and environmental effect. And um, the and the most uh, important thing was uh, the revenue recycling approach that they are using. It is best redirect all the carbon tax revenue back into the economy, mainly through reduction in the income taxes, individual income taxes, because workers who are working are paying their are using their money to spend in the economy, and this is has this has a big impact on the economic growth in the country. Uh, when the carbon tax increases the inflation, their spending power will decline. We want to uh, compensate for the loss of expanding power of these group of com- uh, workers uh, by reducing income taxes to save the level of consumption at the, at the uh, you know, to save it unchanged and um, to provide the baseline for economic growth in the country. And that is, uh, I think, a marked difference between the carbon tax that we've had in the past and, and what you're proposing, the fact that all workers are going to be compensated yes. through paying lower taxes. So, look, at the moment, um, carbon taxes are, are, are dead in the water politically in Australia. But your proposal, I think, uh, provides a, a mechanism for reducing carbon dioxide and also providing um broad compensation. Do you see that there is more political will to embrace something like this now? I think uh, the main obstacle in applying the carbon tax is uh, for the politicians are uh, not having the required support from the public, from the people. Mm -hmm. When people find out that the policy can be applied, they can benefit environmentally and their budget will not hit and uh, the economy will grow, their investment will increase and the new job opportunities will will provide in the country. Uh, so they will support the policy because not only their generation will benefit from the policy, but also the future generations because of the enhanced in the environmental uh, situation uh, will benefit from the policy. And when people support the policy, the politicians will go forward and apply a policy that that is beneficial for the country. I think um, this approach will help the country and um, if the, a good revenue recycling and carbon tax is designed for the country, they will gain the political and the public uh, you know, support required to apply it in the country. Because there was a time when uh, a carbon tax was actually quite a mainstream and accepted position in Australian mainstream politics. And I d- we should also note that when Labor introduced the carbon tax um, and it was in place for about two years, almost straight away the, the major industries that were targeted by the tax um, emissions dropped by 7%. Yes. Um, so the tax is proven to be effective. It's just unfortunately been shown also to be politically uh, difficult 
But you do see a, a change in climate uh, as far as this tax goes? Mm, yes, uh, the, the policy is very effective in reducing carbon emissions. And um, I think if it is designed correctly and uh, the policy and the government follows the revenue re- um, revenue neutral approach, which means all the revenues generated from the carbon tax will be invested and redirected back into the economy. Uh, I think it will generate benefit for the economy and it will gain the required support from all different stakeholders in the application and uh, in the application of the policy. I want to talk about the international experiences. Um, Many developed countries now have carbon taxes. Can you talk about the countries and some of the outcomes? Up to the start of 2022, there are 27 countries in the world that has applied the carbon tax. Uh, Some of them, like Norway, has more than three decades of experience in application of the policy, and they have a long experience, and uh, they have faced many problems, solved the problems, and so we can use all the experiences that they have. Over the time that uh, they find that the carbon tax should be applied on all the industries. Uh, At first, they used to exempt some of the industries from the application of the policy uh, in order to support those specific industries. But uh, they find that if all the industries are covered, the impact on the environment will be the biggest. So, and... Another important findings was that a uniform tax should be applied, not differentiated tax for different industries. Um, uh, Using the uniform carbon tax rate and covering all the industries uh, will ignite the required behavioral change that we need from the policy. And uh, another thing was that um, how the carbon tax revenue should be redirected back into the economy. They find that they should support consumption. They should try not to hit the people's budget and they should try to save their consumption power. Um, People should have the money to consume, to spend in the economy. And and this is very important to continue uh, to have economic growth. And the required money for investment will be increased because uh, they have an additional source of money to invest in uh, renewable technologies. As a result of this policy, right now, Norway, uh, which is the biggest um, fossil fuel exporter in the uh, European Union, right now their electricity sector is completely free from fossil fuels. And they have the biggest um, electric vehicle fleet in the European countries. They, their economy is flourishing, you know, they are growing, they exporting their fuels, but uh, in, the, in the home, they have um, trying to reduce their consumption and uh, reduce the costs of climate change for their country. Uh, for countries like Norway and Australia, which has vast coastline areas, uh, increasing the sea levels and pr- problems that is caused because of climate change is very Uh, you know, problematic. So they are trying to limit these problems and um, control the consequences of the climate change by the application of the policy. There are other countries too, like Ireland. They heavily invested in uh, production sector and they try to combat uh, fuel poverty. Some other countries like uh, the other Scandinavian countries all following the same path. But the, the 
common approach that they have been using was to support consumption. Some countries like Switzerland, they have very successful uh, experience in this um, approach. They um, use some part of the the money, uh, the generated money from the carbon tax to um, promote behavioral change in the industry sector and, be- and, and uh, between the public. Uh, they use this money to talk about this uh, important issue to make people think about how they choose different products and how their choice will impact in the economy, in the environment and the economy. And, you know, different passes has been used, but the main thing is we have to support the consumption and the people's budget uh, to gain the required economic and environmental benefits. Look, that's a pretty staggering outcome for Norway, and it's a country which has a few parallels that Australia can relate to, because Australia is also a massive exporter of fossil fuels, namely in the the form of coal and gas. So Australia's kind of lost 12 years there, hasn't it? And we've got Norway running with uh, an electricity uh, sector which is zero carbon. Yes. Zero carbon in the year 2023. Yes, yes. Let's go into more detail about your proposal. I mean, one of the you've talked about how the recycling the money that is raised from the tax. Um, what did your modelling show when it came to uh, the introduction of a tax? What, what effects does it have on inflation? You know, imposing a carbon tax on the industry sector will increase their cost of production, and yep. it will translate to the inflation in the economy. Hmm. Uh, we know the countries, the industries that use the, uh, you know. The coal consumer industries will be facing the highest increase in their production costs, and electricity is the, the, the one of the biggest uh, consumers of coal. Uh, the prices will rise, and uh, it will increase the production cost. But when uh, we support the consumption of the con- consumption power of people, uh, or redu- and by reducing the income cost, uh, income taxes, they will continue to consume the con- the products that they are uh, using. They they need it, but the industry sector will have an incentive to reduce the consumption of that specific fossil fuel to transition to low carbon to fossil fuels with lower carbon content to increase their profit uh, because their production cost will decrease while the demand is saved at the same pre- uh, level so they have the incentive to transition to low carbon fossil fuels or even substitute uh, renewable energies to fossil fuels and the overall emission of carbon in the industry sector will, de- will be decreased over time. Uh, and it is very important for the country. We actually saw that with Labor's carbon tax, that at the, the stage where it was introduced, the electricity uh, sector moved away instantly from coal and basically went to gas. That's why, one of the reasons why we saw a, an immediate reduction. So I think this is the interesting and, and the most important point about the carbon tax, that it does change behaviour. But in this case, it's not like where you're taxing cigarettes, you're trying to change individual behaviour. You're trying to change the behaviour of corporations and the way that they invest. Yeah, the, the behaviour in the industry sector. Because... Um, Although the individual's behavior change is important and we are talking about these kinds of change in behavior in the microeconomic studies, but uh, over the time we find out that it's the industry sector that has been responsible in producing the huge amount of fossil fuels in the uh, carbons in the carbon emissions in the world. So they should change their behavior at the first place to 
so we can see the required changes in the amount of fossil carbon emissions in the world. Um, the individual behavioral change will be followed by, uh, by the change in the industrial sector, and they need to receive the required knowledge and uh, information about how their choices in different products will impact the uh, environment. So they start to change the behavior of cons- consumption in, uh, as an individuals. Um, and, and so the, look, the, the increase in inflation that you found in your modeling was pretty modest, wasn't it? Yes. And uh, I think that's really important too, because I, I, I do remember when Labor was trying to introduce the carbon tax There was a scare campaign that was done by the opposition basically saying that prices were going to explode. Mm -hmm. Former uh, Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce said that the the Australian traditional Sunday roast would cost over $100. Mm -hmm. The the tax was in place for two years and we we, we saw pretty quickly that none of that happened. So the scare campaign uh, was wrong. I I do think it's really interesting that with your modelling, again, it dispels that that myth that, that a carbon tax is going to make prices explode. And then you've also got the uh, the extra feature where you are fully compensating all workers yes. um, for this. Do you think that this time around, with because of the modelling, because of the examples we can point to like Norway, that a, a scare campaign against a carbon tax might actually not be as effective as it was uh, 12 years ago? Actually, I think uh, you are right. It shouldn't be um, that scary like before because uh, – you know, the most important thing that I'm uh, talking about is the experience of other countries. We have a long experience, and what we have seen is that they gain benefit. So Australia can gain benefit from the policy too. If they will learn from the mistakes that they made and follow the paths that it is proved to be if beneficial for the countries. And the modeling is a very important modeling that is used all over the world for understanding the impact of different policy shocks on the economy. And it shows that um, based on on the complicated economic um, equations, it shows that the application of policy over the time uh, does not hurt the economy. So there's nothing to to fear about, you know. We just should follow the path that we know we will eventually follow because the climate change is a big challenge and all the world is walking through this path. They have find they have to find a way to reduce the consumptions of the, reduce the consumption of fossil fuels and the emission of carbons to uh, limit the problems that are, they are facing from because of climate change. So this is the path that we have to follow too. And your modeling also showed a small increase in uh, gross domestic product as well. What what did you find? You know, this is a, uh, this increase is compared to the business as usual scenario. It means that as if economy as a if uh, without a carbon tax is going to increase by 5% for example over the course of the time this amount that I find in the model will be added to that 5%. For example, 5.2% will be increased. This is not the increase of uh, in the total uh, GDP growth of the country. It is added to the growth that it is going to experience as a usual case. And it shows that the economy, because we support the consumption, we provide new sources of um, revenue for the people. 
because of the investment, because of the job opportunities that it, that is uh, provided, economy will continue to grow. And it is a very good, important, good and important sign that the policy will have an economic benefit for the country. One of the things that struck me too is with a carbon tax and the way you're talking about uh, implementing it is also the tax is driving innovation, isn't it? And driving uh, new ways of thinking within the economy. Those, those things normally feed directly into economic growth. The other aspect of your tax, which I, uh, which I thought was interesting too, is you've talked about the recycling. Um, part of that recycling too is that, that some of that money is going to be reinvested in new technologies. It isn't just all money going straight back to taxpayers, is it? No. Uh, investment is very important in this uh policy because uh, you know the first year that the policy is applied i propose that all the money should be redirected back to the consumers uh, through the reduction in, in income taxes but from the first, second year a, a share should be um, allotted to the uh, investment investment in research and development projects um because we need to uh, start changes in the way of thinking. We need to find new uh, technologies and we need to pave the way to facilitate the transition to a low carbon economy. We need, uh, you know, all stakeholders to come together, to work together, to, you know, to to provide a better place to live. And um, this money will increase the investment in the research projects, in the development projects, will increase the job opportunities. And people should be, during this time, people should be upskilled to be um, to, to be able to find a place in this new um, workplace that we, are, we will be facing to, in the future. Because uh, in the new technology world, uh, everything will be changed and people should be reskilled and upskilled to be able to um, to be find a place in this new uh, workplace in the world. And look, that locks into um, a discussion I had um, recently with Professor Roy Green, who was talking about um, a, a lack of productivity growth in Australia, but also and part one of the drivers of that was a lack of R and D funding. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is the other thing that's really interesting about a carbon tax, because I think people think about taxes in, in very uh, one-dimensional settings, and they don't see that taxes have ability to change behavior and change the economy. And so uh, I think that was a re- really interesting aspect of, of your proposal. Um, what's the response been to the article since it's been in the conversation? Actually, after publishing uh, the article in the conversation, I... Uh, have received many calls from the journalists to talk about this. Um, people who are thinking and working about the sustainability, about uh, the climate change, are very keen to understand uh, what will be the impact of this policy on Australian economy. Because uh, this policy has been applied in the world, but in Australia, we have a limited experience. And uh, because of the uh, global situation that is changing right now, um, we are. It is very good to know that the CGE modeling, which is the leading model in studying the effect of the uh, different policy shocks on the economy, what shows this modeling for the Australian economy, and 
it, they, I have get very positive responses from the uh, mainly journalists about how this policy will impact the economy. And they have been covered in different medias over the time. Well, look, I think it's a really timely article. And um, there was a time when there was bipartisan support for carbon tax. But it is fair to say that a carbon tax has become something that basically is considered political poison in, in this country. It does seem like it's time to revisit the idea and and to to look at it again. So, if you were to, if you were able to sit down with with uh, politicians and talk to them about this tax, what is the 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 message that you'd want to pass on to them? Mm, I think the most important thing is the word is going through this pass. You know, we have to accept that climate change is a big challenge, and we have to find a way to limit the, con- the consequence of the climate change on our life. You know, if Australia does not follow the path uh, that every economy are trying to find, um, if they do not follow this path, uh, I think the problem with um, border taxes that Europe is talking about will be another, the, the next problem that we will be facing. Um, and the, and uh, for the Australian economy, I think when we can have a policy that impact the economy and the environment uh, both in a positive way, it is better to start sooner than later because we will be losing time over uh, and the impact of climate change will be out of control. Right now, we are facing many problems in Australia and all around the world. We see that many countries, they have air pollution, they have health problems, and they have drought and the, the amount of, uh, you know, agricultural production will re- is reduced. Uh, they have problem with the water. Uh, you know, everything, we are, this is a problem that we have to limit the consequences on our life. In Australia, we have floods, we have bushfires, and um, many people are still struggling to survive because of the problems that they are facing. Uh, the, the, economically, you see the places, the houses that are located around the places that are uh, facing floods more frequently, they, the price of the houses will decline and the amount of, you know, the insurance costs, uh, costs have been in- increased. There are many problems that we have to look at it. And I think uh, for a country, for a developed country like Australia, it is better to act sooner than later and uh, use uh, all the capabilities that the world has and the experiences that they have to overcome a problem that not only Australia, but all the world are facing. And, you know, um, be a leader in this approach in um, combating climate change. Mona Mashadi Rajbi, thanks for being on Think Business Futures. Thank you very much for the invitation. And thanks for listening to the program. This edition was recorded at the studios of TourCR and heard across the country on the Community Radio Network. If you would like to listen to this program again or share it with your friends, just go to tourcr.com or you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Think Business Futures will be back next week. I'm Anthony Dockrell. Thanks for listening.